Are you wandering in the wilderness? Or are you a voice in the wilderness? Welcome to the Revival Cry podcast. This is your host, Eric Miller. Isaiah 40 verse 3 says, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. The goal of this podcast is to encourage you to use the voice God has given you to make Jesus famous. Every week, we will share principles from the Word of God, interviews, and encouragement in order to strengthen your voice. Thank you for joining me today. And now here is today's podcast. I have an extremely important guest that I've known for well over 20 years, my good friend, co-laborer, Mike Bailey. Mike, would you say hi to everybody? Yes, hello. Thank you, Eric, for having me on. You bet. Mike and I have been working as missionaries together in the Philippines since 2003. We met the summer of 2000 at the Brownsville Revival. We've just had such a great friendship for so many years. Our families have grown up together, and we've just co-labored in so many ways on the mission field, trips to Japan, Thailand, other places. And so this is my brother from another mother, and I know that you are going to be so encouraged today by hearing how God has worked through Mike and his family's lives. You know, this morning, Mike, I was reading in 1 Samuel 16 about how God raised up the prophet Samuel to go and choose one of the sons of Jesse to replace Saul, whom God rejected as king. And, you know, many of us wonder if we're chosen by God because we didn't feel like we were God's first choice. And there's other people who are more gifted and talented and skilled than we are. But here's the deal. We don't think about this, but the greatest king in Israel's history in the Old Testament was actually chosen to be number two. And that was David. Mm -hmm. And Saul was chosen for all these obvious reasons, but then he disobeyed God and God rejected him as king. And he calls David. Eventually, he even goes through all of Jesse's sons before he gets to David. David was the last on the list, I think out of like eight sons total, including David. I guess what I'm saying is, is that sometimes the way that God chooses us is not how we would choose people. Yeah, that's right. And I think that when we realize that we're chosen and called by God, that it does something within us that makes us realize that we can't compare ourselves to other people, but God has a unique calling and purpose for each and every single one of us. Mm-hmm. Friends, I want you to hear today Mike's testimony, calling, and how God is using them, how God has chosen them. Mike, where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up mainly in Arkansas. What, how did you grow up? What was like? What, what was life like? Did you grow up as a in a Christian home, or or how did you encounter the Lord? Yeah, no, I, I did not grow up in a Christian home. Um, I came from a long line of heathens. You know, mm-hmm. there we don't have a history of those in our family that had served the Lord. And, and so anyway, I, I grew up in that, that state. I grew up in a broken home. I actually ended up growing up with my grandparents okay. on my mom's side. And uh, grew up, I moved out on my own, you know, at the age of 17 and um, started working and just trying to navigate through life in the, the state that I was. 
And during that time, I met Jeanette. Jeanette grew up in a Christian home. She wasn't walking with the Lord, but she had grown up in a home that, that her parents loved the Lord. She had a youth pastor at the, the church where her parents went that reached out to her and reached out to me as we began to date. And he would, you know, invite us to be a part of some of the things that they were doing that he thought we would enjoy, but we just really enjoyed being around him and wow. his wife. They were just full of love and compassion. And even though neither one of us were walking with the Lord, we just enjoyed their presence. And so it came to a point where he invited us to, to go to Pensacola, Florida, and to be with them at a beach house. And basically the only catch was we would be attending, you know, services. Revival services. Revival yeah. services <laughs> at the Brownsville Revival. And so that is where the Lord really seized my heart and brought me to a place of surrender. When we got to Pensacola uh, during that time, we drove to the house where we were staying. We unloaded all of our stuff, and then we drove straight back to the church. Uh, that night was a prayer night. It was really 26 years ago this month that, wow. I, uh, that I visited the Brownsville Revival. But it was a prayer night, and as we got out of the van and we started approaching the church, before we even got to the foyer of Brownsville, my heart just began to beat. I mean, wow. I just really sensed and anticipated something was about to happen. I opened the door of the foyer, and as soon as I walked in, it was like waves of God's love just began to wash over me. Amazing. And, uh, and so during this time, tears just began to stream down my face. And, mm. and uh, I, I just, in, in my heart, I never felt anything like that in my life. <laughs> in my heart, I knew without anyone preaching a message to me that I had made choices in my life that kept me from living in a relationship with the Lord. Yeah. And so I resolved that night that whatever it took, whatever I had to do, I did not want to lose what I was experiencing wow. in the foyer of that church. And so we, you know, we, we continued that whole week and, and every altar call that was given, you know, I ran down and dragged Jeanette with me, you know, <laughs> even if she wasn't willing to go, it was through that, uh, that encounter that, uh, that my life began to be radically transformed. Wow, it's so amazing. And then after this encounter with the Lord, you and Jeanette end up moving to Pensacola so that you could go to the Brownsville School Ministry. And that's where you and I met. That's right. We, uh, we came from, you know, from Arkansas. My wife, literally, she, she cried the whole way from Hot Springs to, to Pensacola. But the Lord, you know, He obviously brought us to a place that we could continue to encounter just the richness of His presence, yeah. to encounter the reality of the things that He was doing, not only in us, but desiring to do through us. And, and it was in Brownsville that we not only met many wonderful people and experienced many wonderful things, but it was in that place that our hearts were awakened for the nations. It's amazing. You know, sometimes when we think about who God chooses and and what has he called us to do, we don't think about all the circumstances and emotions and challenges that we go through in life that really consume our minds and our hearts. And and really, unless we until we surrender our life to the Lord, we're not going to recognize that we're chosen or called by God. And yet you're, you're saying a process is taking place in your hearts and lives. Jeanette is feeling she's leaving what she's familiar with. That's right. That's right. And, and then you guys are coming to Pensacola based on we know God is moving there. He's touched us. It's real. It's affecting us. 
you're still not even probably thinking about how God's called you and chosen no, you. No, no, not at all. You're just moving forward. Yeah. Like, I know this is the right thing to do. Yeah. And then you get there, you go to the school. What was it like being at the Brownsville School of Ministry? Eric, it was incredible. I mean, you know, because you were there, you know, it was just, it was a constant place of encounter, a constant place of surrender. It was a constant place of uh, just learning to, to yield every aspect of your life, you know, growing in that place of intimacy with the Lord, growing in the knowledge and the understanding of who He is, right. you know, just experiencing that place of revelation, uh, that place of foundation. You know, looking back, it was such an incredible moment in both of our lives that began to fashion and form us in such a way to discover the destiny that He had for us. It, it really was. We were challenged in a way that we were focusing on our relationship with God. Neither one of us went there to go become something. Oh, no. It was really to surrender what we were. Yeah. And then in the process of that transformation, we would be going on the streets, yeah, sharing absolutely. the gospel. Absolutely. We would be going to revival services, constantly responding to altar calls, yep. not to get saved again, but to allow the Lord to continue to filter us, to yep. make us more like him. Yep. And then there were missions trips. Yep. And I don't know about you, but I really didn't feel my missions call until the day after I graduated, but I did get exposed to going on a missions trip to Mexico, which really changed my life, and another trip with you to the Philippines. Yeah. Talk about that a moment. That's right. I, You know, when, when we moved from Arkansas, my world perspective was very small. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I, I didn't even know where to pinpoint the Philippines on the map. <laughs> Same here. But, uh, but, you know, as we were there in that atmosphere, there, there began to be such an awakening to the heart of the Father concerning the nations. Right. Concerning those that have never heard the gospel, mm -hmm. never heard the name of Christ. And uh, something just began to stir in my heart. And I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know how to define it or describe it. But I knew something, you know, something was beginning to stir in my heart. Mm. for those that have not encountered the reality of who he was and the, 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 the change and the transformation that comes when, when you really encounter yeah. the love of God. And so, you know, it was through that that doors, like you said, began to open for, for opportunities to go out. You know, we did a lot of outreach, local outreach, and not only in Pensacola, but in, in portions of the states. We went out on the streets in different places and, and really... Uh, enjoyed ministering the gospel to to some of the the ones here in the states that you know are on the streets and, and projects and those that have been bound by drugs and alcoholism and and, and even prostitution etc. Right. And so we really uh, just enjoyed just being available to the Lord mm. to take the gospel to what what would be considered the least of these. And wow. uh, and so I always had that stirring in my heart and so. The first, uh, the first opportunity I had to go uh, outside of the United States was to Africa. And, uh, and right. that trip just literally rocked my world. Wow. And absolutely, the, the, the encounter that we had there in the presence of the Lord, the, the, just the impact of the gospel that we seen in the lives of those that the Lord had allowed us to minister mm -hmm. to was just absolutely wonderful. And, uh, and so from there, it just really put a, a, you know, even a greater stirring and a greater hunger in my heart to be available you right. know, to the Lord. I, I, didn't, I didn't determine the course of my life and say, right. you know, this, it's missions for me or nothing else. Right. It caused my heart to be open to whatever and wherever you say, go, Lord, I will go. What is it 
that God set you free from? What are some of the things that the Lord actually set you free from when you got born again? I was a very rebellious, you know, individual and, and prideful, drugs and, and alcohol. Right. Uh, but I would say that the, the greatest thing that the Lord, you know, set me free from was myself. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, you know, so there's, there's a lot of different things that we can equate that to, you know, with, uh, with different forms of addiction and things. Yeah. But it, it's really, you know, when he sets us free, it, he sets us free from living for ourselves and thinking exactly. about ourselves. The reason why I brought that up is because I've known Mike long enough and we've heard each other's testimonies probably more than we've told it ourselves. But when we realized what God set us free from, this emptiness, God filled with his spirit. And when you're filled with the spirit of God, you're filled with love for others. Mm -hmm. And there was this passion that you felt going on the streets in Pensacola, taking short trips, going to Africa, mm -hmm. where now you want others to experience what happened to you. That's right. And so here you are experiencing the Lord in other countries. You're, you grew up in Arkansas and, and, and all these things have changed. And now God's giving you his heart for your neighbors and the nations. Yeah, that's right. When we met, there was a trip in the summer of 2000 going to the Philippines. And Mike was leading this trip. And there was probably about close to 20 people. Yeah, I think so. On the trip, and we were going with the, the leader at the time was Dr. Josh Peters and Miss Toby, his wife. It was a two-week trip. I didn't know Mike really before that, but yet going on the trip, I felt like we really connected. And there were actually three other families that mm -hmm. were represented on that trip, mm -hmm. uh, husbands and wives or just some husbands. Uh, but... It was actually a divine appointment, not just for us to go to the mission field, but we all met on this two-week trip mm -hmm. in the summer of 2000. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, but I just remember the power of God coming down in all the places we went. We're in villages, we're in, in the mountains mm -hmm. with tribal people, mm -hmm. with very poor people. We're on the streets. We're seeing people get filled with the Holy Ghost, healings taking place. Mm -hmm. And then we come back to the States. You had just graduated, mm -hmm. and yet I still have one last semester. What was your direction after that trip? Where were you guys headed? You were going somewhere. Before we went to the Philippines, uh, Dr. Peters, who was, uh, as Eric was saying, was leading the trip with us, um, he, he came to me. The Lord had given him a dream that I was with him on the trip. Wow. And he asked me, he said, would you pray about it and consider going? And, and so I did and, and really felt, you know, the peace of the Lord uh, to go. But I felt when I felt in my heart to commit to go, I felt the Lord speak to me. Don't just look at this as a trip. Go with your heart being open wow. so that I can speak to you within that nation. And so I also shared that with the team. I don't know if you remember, but when we gathered together as a team, you know, I encouraged the team, you know, don't just look at this as a missions trip. Yeah. But go with your heart being open right. for the Lord to speak to you. <laughs> and so it was while we were in the Philippines that the Lord really confirmed in my heart that he was calling my family back there. And this really? was before I knew that any in of the it, summer of 2000. Yeah, I on, didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, on that wow. trip. And so when we came back, I had my wife and I had already uh, had an internship lined up in Mexico. 
And then after we came back from that internship, we knew that we were going to begin to prepare going to the Philippines. But when we came back, we realized that it was stirring among the hearts of some of those other right. families that had uh, been represented on that trip. And, and, and we were not all communicating with no, each no, other. No, 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 we weren't communicating. So God it was, was the Lord. speaking to these five families individually. Yeah. And we did not feel a call because my wife wasn't on the trip. And yet I could go anywhere at that point, you know, because <laughs> yeah, exactly. we're listening to Steve Hill and Dr. Brown and John Kilpatrick and all these guys. We're like, man, yeah, we love yeah. your stories. Mm. We want to go make our own right, stories. Right. And yet when we come back, we actually thought we were going to go to South America. Okay. And then through that process of several months later, in the beginning of 2001, yeah. mm-hmm. that we're realizing that God's calling us to the Philippines. And then I don't know how we found out, but we ended up connecting with you guys and the other team. Mm -hmm. And you guys, were we the last ones to come in at that point? Yeah, you were. Because you guys were already coming together as a team. Mm -hmm. And God spoke to us and we realized there was already a team forming. So it was really supernatural. And so we end up saying, okay, God's calling us together. Now we're going to go this summer and start raising funds. Mm-hmm. And then we go on a trip in October of 2001, one month after the September 11th, uh, you know, the uh, plane crashes into the Twin Towers, the Pentagon, and in the field in uh, Pennsylvania, and over 3,000 people are killed. So no Americans want to travel anywhere, but we have a plan to go take a spy out the land trip to the Philippines, mm-hmm. specifically to the city of Davao, where we felt called. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, we have no contacts the week before. We pray and fast. Yeah, that's right. And then God opens up a door. Mm-hmm. We meet Bob Weiner at mm-hmm. the fire uh, church service. And just he divinely connects us with somebody who connects us with Filipino leaders. Mm-hmm. We get off the plane and here we are. Mm-hmm. We're there two weeks. And then we come back to the States. We see God move powerfully. Mm-hmm. We end up speaking at a pastor's conference where there's like over twelve to 1,500 pastors. Yeah. And we see, I remember one night, like over 30 of them getting baptized in the Spirit. We're all sharing. We're all communicating. We have no um, real experience. Mm-hmm. We're fresh out of Bible school, the Brownsville Revival, but yet God's opening up doors now. Yeah. We come back and we're continuing to raise funds or anything. We moved there in January 2003. And what do we do the first six months while we're there, Mike? What does God tell you and the team? Well, we prayed. We, uh, we spent time, you know, throughout the, the, uh, the week praying. Uh, we also spent time during that time, you know, learning the language and just, yeah. getting, uh, just getting familiar with the culture there. Uh, but the main, the main thing that the Lord was speaking to us was uh, to really establish a foundation of prayer yeah. before we ever began to minister outside of that place. You know, Mike and Jeanette have always had an incredible gift of leadership that I think was imperative to the rest of our team because all of us had strong personalities. But we were all gifted in very different ways. And I felt like God used you guys to really help bring out from the rest of us some of those things that were in there that we didn't know were there. I know for me and Casey, it was, it was so important for us to be a part of those foundational times. Over the years, our team 
You know, we lived together, we worked together, we saw people coming to Jesus. We had a Saturday school of ministry where we, I think we had probably about 40, 50 people coming and the power of God's moving. But then God begins to call us on different directions. Mm -hmm. You know, we go planning a church, feeding program, preaching revival, missions, all that stuff. Others are working in a garbage dump where Mm -hmm. we're seeing incredible Mm -hmm. fruit of people Mm -hmm. getting saved. Some feel called to the tribal Mm -hmm. areas. Mm -hmm. Others are starting feeding programs Mm -hmm. and all these things. You know, I'm skipping over a lot of time, but (laughs) there's so much that we've done together in over 20 years. But I want you to tell these folks about what God, how the dream God gave you for Hope for All Children, what that is. Tell these folks what you guys are doing. Uh, Well, after we had served in the Philippines, you know, with, uh, with the Millers and and the other families there for a number of years. And uh, we, we, you know, we ministered to some of the, the lowest um, class of people that, that, you know, the Filipinos or yeah. the, the society of the Philippines would look at and say, you know, these are, these are definitely the least of these. Right. You know, these are the poorest, of, of, the poor, poorest yeah. of the poor. And so, mm-hmm. and so we ministered to, you know, to broken people, to poor people. And we ministered to children on the streets, yep. people on the streets all the time. And, uh, you know, it's not that we it's not that we purposely neglected the orphan, mm. you know, but I didn't intentionally uh, I didn't intentionally ignore them. I mean, I, mean, I believe we ministered to right. them on the streets, uh, but I, I didn't really have a revelation of the father's heart concerning the orphan. And yeah. so I was actually in the States at a call event where Lou Engel was, was holding an event to, uh, and we were praying as the church for the ending of abortion. And while being there, the Lord spoke to me and he said, the church has been faithful to stand in the gap for the cries of the unborn, mm. but it failed to hear the cries of those that have been born. Wow. And the, the moment that he said that without... You know, I knew that he was talking about the orphan. I wasn't thinking about the orphan before he spoke that to me. I wasn't meditating on how we could get involved with the orphan. That wasn't the direction we were going in ministry. But the moment that the father opened his heart to me and began to speak to me about the cries of those that have been born, and I began to see something that I've never seen before, I, you know, for any one of us that that have such a desire to follow Jesus with all of our heart, all of our mind, soul, and strength, that our lives are His, when He opens our eyes to something that we've not seen before, and we begin to understand an aspect of His heart that we've not understood before, our only natural response in that pursuit is, Lord, what do you want me to do? Right. Here's my life. What do you want me to do? And so... That, that was the, the position of my heart and my wife. She was being, we weren't even in the same place at that time. We were hundred mile, hundreds of miles apart. But the Holy Spirit was speaking to her, her heart about the orphan wow. the same time that he was speaking to me. And I told her, I said, when I get home, I need to share something with you. And she said, I need to share something <laughs> with you. Wow. And so when we got back, you know, the Lord just began to take us down this path journey you know of discovering his heart for the orphan and um and it was out of that place that the lord began to give us a vision for hope for all children and it is a ministry to the orphan it's also a ministry to children who have been rescued from trafficking 
uh, we also feed the malnourished and we work with those uh, who, young ladies who are, 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 um, who are considering abortion and providing a way for their baby not only to live, but these mothers to be taken care of as well in the process of healing and restoration. Wow. You know, folks, we just have a couple minutes left. Mike, somebody's listening today and they don't know they're chosen. They don't know they're called. They might have seen other people go ahead of them. There might be people who've watched us over the years and think, well, I, I, I love what those folks do, but I'm not sure what God's called me to do is important. How can you encourage those people today? What, what could you say to those who are listening that they are chosen, that God has a plan for them? You know, the, the, the one thing that I would I'd really, you know, exhort and challenge those that are listening today, you know, is, is really just, you know, set your heart towards the Lord. Mm. You know, just pursue Him. Don't, don't get caught up with, with the thoughts of, uh, is, this my, is this my role or is this my job? Is, is this what ministry I'm called to or that ministry? You know, ministry is all about relationship. Yeah. And when we prioritize our relationship with Him, He begins to stir our heart and set divine appointments before us. And it's those divine appointments that He sets before us that is the ministry that He's called us to. Now that will grow and that will begin to blossom and it will begin to, to transform into to different areas of, of life. But some people get so caught up with, am I called, am I chosen, am I called to ministry? Is it this role or is it that right. role? You know, forget about all that. Yeah. Just get caught up with Come Jesus. On. Just just fall in love with exactly. him. Exactly. Just, you know, wake up in the morning and set your mind on the yes. things above. Just let the Lord lead you by his spirit and he will direct every step of your path. That's and so he will good. take you where only he can take you. It's not about us trying to figure it out. It's just about us learning to trust him <laughs> and follow him with where he leads us. Friend, you don't need the Brownsville revival to be able to know that you're called and chosen by God. It's in his word. And I want to encourage you as you've listened to this testimony today, I wish we had another two hours because there's so much we could share. I know I'm going to have Mike on again in the future. So Mike, thank you. Yes, We absolutely. love you guys. You, your family means so much to us. You're some, some of our dearest friends in the world. Yep, and we're so honored to have you on. How can people get a hold of you guys and follow support Hope for All Children? Uh, you know, some of the easiest ways, we do have a Facebook page. It's Hope for All Children. Uh, we also have a website, hopeforallchildren.org. And through that, through those two means, you can contact us and, and get involved in various ways. Amen. Thank you, friends, for listening. We love you. God bless you. Find out more about Hope for All Children. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Revival Cry with Eric Miller. Please subscribe, rate, and write a review for this podcast on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To find out more or partner with our missions work around the world, please visit us at revivalcry.org. I look forward to being with you next week.